Uh, well, particularly the last couple of weeks that I've been up with you in the pulpit, what we're, what we're trying to work on is an understanding of how do we, if hope is such an important thing, as we talked about in the beginning of the year, that hope is that thing that activates faith and it has to come before faith. And if it doesn't come before faith, then your faith really has nothing to do except build what you hoped for before, which is giving you more of yesterday and your tomorrow, which is typically not what people are looking for. And so uh, understanding then that this hope component is such an important component. As a matter of fact, I believe that it's the the, the, it's not the most important, but it's the piece that we are most responsible for. Uh. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I was reminded during worship, I was just willing Jessica to, uh, to go to this song. It was one of, the, one of the songs that I owe my life to at this stage in the game. It was from many years ago, and many of you may not even know the song. Um, but it was a Ray Boltz, was that his name? And the song went, The Anchor Holds. How many of you remember that song, right? How many of you are old like me and under- remember that song? Young like me, sorry, praise the Lord. Calling those things that be not as though they are. And that song, it was a, it's a, it was a, a very meaningful song to me because when that was coming out, or let's say it like this, when I heard it, it might have come out 50 years before, but I, I didn't know it. Uh, when that song came out or came to my attention was the same season that God was beginning to speak to me about this concept of hope and how essential hope is, but at the same time, how elusive it is to us as human beings. That when we zero in and get some understanding of what hope actually is, and then we start grading ourselves, mercifully, of course, but we start grading ourselves on how we're doing in our moment-by-moment hope, we start to realize this is not really a skill that I can declare that I've mastered, at least for me when I started to go through it. My idea of hope was having a good Christmas sometimes. Other than that, life was worry and life was, you know, always fighting against the world Uh, in such a way that I had to wake up early, I had to aggressively go. If I didn't do it, then the world was going to overrun me. They're going to treat me like a a piece of dirt. And so in order for me to get ahead of it, I had to plan. I had to strategize. I had to uh, build ways or build mechanisms and do all of these scheming, not scheming in a bad way, but you know how we do that. We try to develop the way we're going to go. Uh, problem being is that the world is getting so complicated that it's very difficult for human beings to be able to decide that. So we'd basically just sit around and uh, hope for the best, I guess we would say it, or at least the British people would say it. And so when, we're, when I'm going through this season, then this song comes out and it's, I don't, do, uh, who can, anybody in here can sing that also knows that song? Yeah, appreciate you all. <laughs> but the song goes... Um, the, the anchor holds in the midst of the storm. The anchor holds. And, and I, I remembered in Hebrews, there is this scripture that says, hope is the anchor of your soul. And it, it became such, it was, like a, it was like the thing exploded on the inside of me, realizing that the way we are anchored is by the hope that we have. Uh, and, and you can do, you know, at the same time, you know, as there was some documentaries. I'm just reminiscing here for a moment with you. There was some documentaries at the time about somebody, some POW must have been released or something like that happened in the same season. And they were sort of giving his testimony of how did he survive, like years and years, decades, I think, the guy was in, in, was in a POW camp. And his testimony was that he learned how to hope in the midst of despair. And that kept him sane and alive and eventually got him set free. And so there were these type of things. Well, and I'm thinking to myself, now, how would I do in that moment? I don't don't like it if it's not going my way by breakfast. (laughs) How would I do if I had years or decades Mm -hmm. of despair and hope? There's no answer. There's no way out. There's no solution. I'm thinking to myself, there's, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that my hope that I would be like that guy who's on the documentary and he's saying, and he's still hopeful today, and he was hopeful at that time, just had developed this ability to be internally hopeful even though externally 
There was no reason to hope whatsoever. And so it started me on the journey that we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about that now because I have come to understand that the New Testament is actually about remaining hopeful at all times. All the things, I would say about a lot of things, of course. But in the end of the day, the things that we do are, are for the sole purpose of helping us to maintain hope in the midst of a storm. Hope in the midst of a crisis. Hope in the midst of what would appear to be impossible, like we were singing today. There's no way out. And yet God's, God still has the ability to move a mountain. Amen. And that we'll see, just like he moved it yesterday for Garth and his bicycle, he's ready to move my mountain today. And you see what happens then is, though even, that, even that right there, what happened? By me, by Joy coming up here, Minister Joy coming up here and sharing Garth and Lima's testimony, it caused to some degree, now we could have rejected it and say, oh, that's stupid. It probably just a coincidence and they got lucky. You could do that too. That wouldn't give you any hope because you don't have any more luck tomorrow than you had yesterday. So if you didn't have any yesterday, you certainly won't have any tomorrow. So you saying they were just lucky. I mean, even if there is no God and there is no Bible, you're still better off to say, yeah, I'd like that too. Even if there's no power, you'd still be happier to find out, yeah, the line's moving and I could go that way too and something good could happen for me yeah. rather than stay in nothing good will ever happen to me ever. Yeah. Not saying there is no God and there is no Bible. There are both. But we're better off to do it God's way even if there is no God. Because right. anyway, circular thinking, you know, he is actually right even if he doesn't exist, which of course he does. He does. So anyways. <laughs> The question then becomes, when we are walking down this road, the main enemy, as God is trying to build, as we're going on towards this blessing of Abraham manifested in our lives, the main problem that we have in that is the difficulty that all of us have to admit we have when the crisis comes and that crisis that, that it's not going to work out for me, something is impossible, it's going to go wrong, I'm going to fall flat on my face, that moment makes it so difficult for us to maintain our hope. And so learning and, dis and building the techniques that go into maintaining a life of hope is then essential to our New Testament experience. Yeah. If we just come to church and learn it and say, well, I should be blessed and I should be healthy. My relationship should be good. I should have a lot of money. Everything should be going well for me. Monday morning comes, none of those things are happening for you. How many of you know that's going to be a tough moment? Yeah. It's actually better that you didn't hear that you had all of those things, right? If I told you that you have an inheritance of $4 billion sitting in a bank account in, in Argentina, and the only problem is you're in jail in Canada and you can't ever go to Argentina. What good would finding out you have that do to you? It just torment you. And most Christians, the pitiful ones, which are all of us, honestly, at this season in our lives and in, in, in God restoring the kingdom to his rightful glory, we're all those pitiful people who the world has got better looking cars, better looking houses, better looking airplanes, better looking things than we do when it was never designed that way. God said, you're going to do it the other way. Because the world has just decided that they're going to be hopeful, right? right? A hundred years ago, they, maybe not a hundred, after the Second World War, they started on this positive thinking thing, right? Just pretend. Right. You know, your, your life is going to hell in a handbasket. Well, pretend everything's fine. <clears throat> and uh, some people, not everybody could do that. Most people could not do that. But at least they had anecdotal evidence that positive thinking was actually a good idea. Well, positive thinking is just hope. It's just a positive way about looking at the future, even if the, the future looks bleak. And we need to then, rather than be, spend a lot of time learning about, you know, what Ezekiel chapter 10 tells us, which is fine, go learn that. VSR is there for you. You can learn all of that, and it's, and it's beautiful to learn it. The Bible will profit, profit us nothing. This is this terrible thing. I shouldn't say nothing. It will, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. The, it's going to happen a little bit. You know, here a little, there a little, you know. You're going to catch a little. You're going to get a little overflow. There's going to be a little hang around for 50 years and maybe something good will happen. How many of you are looking to hang around for 50 years and then maybe something good will happen? 
How many of you are looking for understanding the process, putting the process to work and changing the world? Anybody interested in any of that part? So that's really what we're doing is, it may seem picky and it may seem like we're spending a lot of time, it may seem like I'm repeating myself for the 800th time in the last decade, and I admit that that is what I'm doing, that simply because we have to get this. We have to build this hoping mechanism on the inside of us and keep going around and around and around and around and around until it makes sense. That what I need to do, as we'll talk about some of the practical things today, what we need to do as we get into our moments, when we get into our days, when we set ourselves for the next season of our lives, we're doing so primarily with a decision that I am going to be a hopeful person. Yes. Always. Amen. Somebody says they're going to get a nuclear bomb coming from some place from the other side of the world and it's going to blow it up. See, it ain't here yet. Let's be happy. Let's have, you know, let's have pancakes, man. It ain't here yet. <laughs> We don't have to worry about it. And then once it hits, we still don't have to worry about it because we go. And so the whole process, it sounds strange, but you can live that whole process in hope. And in the Christian hope, it is the hope that, you know, even when you check out of here, you ain't checked out. You keep on going and you keep on going. It doesn't matter. You can maintain a hopefulness, you know, on your deathbed, you can still be hopeful, more so. Right? We're finally heading to Disneyland when you get that far into the game. And just, but it, do we do it? A lot of people, because we have not majored on this concept of hope, a lot of people, even as the older they get, the more afraid they become. They're more, oh, you know, now they're going to put pressure on. I've got to experience more of life. I've got to go sing off a few more mountaintops. I've got to bathe in a few more beaches. And do that. Go. Send me pictures. But don't be afraid. Don't be thinking that, you know, some, there's going to be some line in the sand where it's all mysterious after that. And maybe I, no, it's not mysterious, right? Ask this fellow Lazarus, not mysterious, right? The whole, that whole thing was all about telling you that Jesus is the resurrection. We're not going to spend time, I don't know why I'm on this. Somebody in here got a, you know, we're not spending a thousand years in the ground, in a box, waiting for Jesus to come get us out of the ground in the box. He is. Not going to be. He is. How many of you got Jesus in your heart? Okay, you got resurrection. Resurrection is already in your heart. See, that's exciting, right? Exciting. Because I'm already working on January. The Lord's starting to talk to me about what we're going to be talking about in January. We got to get this blessing of Abraham thingy down. Because when we get to January, mm, 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 it's good. Where am I? Go over to Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, I'll go there myself. It says this, Ephesians... Let me just go and have a quick look. Romans, am I there? Let me get my other glasses. It says, may the God, may the God of hope give you joy and peace in believing. Just listen to those words now. May the the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Very interesting that the Lord drew my attention to the to the first word in that in that scripture and it refers to the word now. How many of you know we've been spending time on getting when we're in when we when we're experiencing negative expectation or dread or something into the future and we're trying to get that negative out because we know dread is still hope but it's just hoping upside down so faith which is also upside down and fear getting hold of dread is actually producing what you are fearing and dreading into your future because it's the same power it's just used upside down i could get a shovel and use it to plant a tomato or beat somebody to death with that it, it, it's the same instrument, one used for good and one used for evil. Right. And so when we are in that moment and we are, are projecting our prediction of the future is a negative, 
that happens in the now. <clears throat> in every one of our nows, we never live in now. We are always experiencing <clears throat> what is about to happen in our lives. All of our emotions are not about now, at least not naturally. They're all about what's about to happen. And what we're trying to do is bring everything, at least for the, at first, we're bringing all, reining all of that in. We're coming into what we talked about last time was now fullness. Let all of my consciousness just be focused on how are things now. And so that scripture begins with the word now, focusing us in the fact that now, when you are in the now, when you have got settled down and you've calmed yourself and you've let all of the issues, all of the storm around you just settle. We talked about that. You just, you're breathing, you're focusing, you're not talking. Can I tell you, have we, have we, no, we haven't talked about first words, right? Be very careful of your first words after you got punched in the face by something. Because in all likelihood, you are reacting without thoughtfulness. And you're saying what you actually believe at that moment. Most people say, well, I know I was just angry. I didn't say what I meant. No, you said what you meant. <laughs> Unbridled said what you meant. And so be careful because in the transitional season, when you believe something and you expect something and you say something and it's the same thing, that is getting into your future. Right. right? If I say that I'm a parrot, I don't believe I'm a parrot. I don't expect to be a parrot. So I can say, to a degree, I can say I'm a parrot all I want. Now be careful because after a while I will start wondering whether I am a parrot or not. <laughs> so I'm not going to be goofy with it, but at this point I don't believe or expect that I'm going to turn into a parrot. So I can say I'm a parrot and it's not going to work. But if I believe that I'm going to fail and I expect I'm about to fail and then I say I'm about to fail, now that's aligned, now I'm in agreement. Right? What I believe, what I expect, and what I say are now in agreement. And that's where the punch comes. That's where the power comes on that moment. So we have to learn the ability to, in the moment of crisis, in the, in the, in the time of pressure, we have to learn to zip it, hold on to it. Can I tell you something? I, the Lord drew my attention to this when I was putting these notes together that there are a legitimate number of people who are verbal processors, right? When they feel negative emotion, they verbally process, right? He, he was, I was watching, <laughs> sorry, I was watching Olivia the other day. Olivia is a verbal processor. And so when she feels something, good or bad, she's very excited or she's very passionate. passionate. Let's go with that. Thank you, mom and dad. The, <laughs> Right, because she's verbally processing the feeling that she's having on the inside. Well, a lot of times, as with Olivia, we think that's beautiful, and we're all, we think it's lovely that she's like that, very vocal and very expressive and very passionate. But we have to learn the ability of... Don't say it. Hold on. Close your eyes. Breathe. Focus. You know, like when they're doing, a couple of ladies are heading towards the, the, the delivery room soon. You know, they're going to tell you, you know, pick a spot on the wall and focus on it. Lots of stuff is going to start happening. Some of it's not great. Right? They tell you, they say, pick, pick a spot on the wall or a light or a switch or a something and just focus all of your attention on that thing. And what will happen is all of the storm around you settles. You know, if you have like a crucifix or something like that, or a picture of Jesus, beautiful pictures of Jesus, or a saying, or a beautiful landscape or something, and just focus on it. Remember to breathe. It's very important. And it just settles. Don't say it. If you have to say it, say it in tongues. <laughs> I, I do this. I... I had somebody, I was doing something in my backyard the other day, and I think it was Emma or somebody, or maybe Sandy, walked around the corner, and thank goodness I was expressing myself in tongues. 
I don't know if they thought I was doing that or not, but it was like I was uh, frustrated. I'm not sure what I said, but I can tell you with a certainty it was better than what I was thinking I should say. And so I did verbally process for a moment without creating a fire for tomorrow that I had to put out, right? So I, you learn that and you develop, this is again, it's just a skill. It's just a skill. Nobody has it from birth, I don't think. I've never seen anybody have it by birth, unless you had the blessing of not being born with a tongue. Um, okay, the, the other thing that I want to draw your attention to here, it says, <clears throat> and I kind of got mad at God a wee bit here, when I read this, because it says, may the God of hope give you joy and peace in believing. And I thought to myself, if you're the God of hope, why didn't you just give me hope? Now, wouldn't that have made sense if you were God? Wouldn't that have made sense? But the book she's written already, it doesn't say that. What it does say is, the God of hope is going to give you joy and peace so that out of that moment of joy and peace, as you settle yourself, fill yourself with now, and just let the joy and the peace fill you. As you are going through that and going through it and going through it and going through it, you're going to increase your ability to believe. Remember when we talked about this last time? When we had the chart, dun, da, 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 the chart, right? And so we have this process of you going and your hope kind of does this and goes into crisis mode, right? And then your faith kind of does the same thing, but it lacks behind it, right? Because faith is the substance thing hoped for. You have to have hope, which happens right here, before you have faith, which happens right here. Below that is fear. Up here is faith. Down here is dread. Up here is hope. So you, it lags behind it there. And in order to get to maintain through all of these crises, you know, something happens here that drives you down here. It happens here. It drives you down here. It happens here. It drives you down here. One of these eventually, if you're not careful, is going to just say, forget it. That's never going to happen for me. I'm going to quit. And then what happens is your faith, if it hasn't got over this line yet, your faith just kind of comes and goes with it. You never actually get any manifestation from it. And so the question is, which end is blue? That's not the question, the real question for the moment, but that's mine right now. Um, the, then the, the issue is, can I have another color? Kato, do we have anything that's pink and purple? Got one of those? Not another blue and black. That's not going to help me. All right, pink and purple. Okay. So, what I want to do is I want to figure out if this hope thing is so important, what can I do to brace, build little braces that hold up my hope? So that when I get into these moments down here, my hope is constantly getting pushed upward. May the God of hope give you joy and peace. What happens is you have to maintain a line up here of joy. How many of you know that when you are joy, stuff happens to you at Disneyland, it's not really a big crisis, right? But if you're struggling and you're having difficulty and you're down, Right, somebody could just come in here and say the coffee machine's not working and that's it. You're, you're done. I'm going outside, getting in my truck and driving it right through the doors of this church. You can't get a coffee machine that works. Why? Because your joy, you're not, we're not maintaining joy. When we maintain joy as our objective, when I hit a problem in my hoper, I'm kind of good. Right, Tina comes to me, you know, I'm having a little moment, and I'm in a crisis thing, and it's just like, and she says, well, just believe God. Well, yes, if you don't. Yeah. That's because my joy's not in the right spot, 
right? I have been in a crisis and Tina goes, you know what? Hey, this is going to be an awesome day. You're absolutely right. What was I thinking? And I'm out of this, this crisis moment. Almost, it didn't happen. That's why when God comes to us, he's trying to get us joy. I was, uh, you know, working in the yard yesterday. You know, lots of people have access to my tools. That's not always a good thing for other people to have access to your tools. The reason is, when you come to use your tools, particularly the battery-powered ones, it's not that unusual for it to go like that. Because why? Because the last guy that used it, no, Sandy didn't do that. The last guy, I, I was the last guy to use it, so it was my fault. Because the last guy used up all the battery. And so what you do is, is you put the bit on the end not only now do I have to screw the screw in, I have to screw the whole tool in in order to get the thing to turn. How many of you have done that before, right? Joy is like a battery. The Bible says in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is what? Is our strength. This is your prayer closet. This is your confessions. This is praying in tongues. This is a Bible that you actually not just own, that you read. And what happens is, as you begin to charge the battery, how many of you are ready, excited? Put it right near the microphone. No, you want to hang out at the end? Can I stick this piece up your nose? Then when the battery is charged, you have all kinds of strength. The tool is the same. The issue is, how's the battery? Can I tell you? I, I think I, I, had, I had an epiphany. I'm 50, what is it? Help me, Lord. 961, 57, 8, 57. So is that lightning fast mind? Isn't that amazing? This is probably when I was 50. That's how recent it was. And I started to feel like there was power coming from a deeper part of my being. Isn't that interesting? So I had just always lived my entire life, I kind of lived out of adrenaline, like energy, that I was just get up and go, you know, that kind of thing that we're trained in. And all of a sudden I started to realize, it's almost like it came from down in here. It was like a strength that I, I, I didn't cook it up. It was just there. And the Lord began to speak to me about the fact that that is joy. Yeah. It's like, a, a, like your battery, yeah, like a force, like what's inside this little thing. I don't know exactly what's in here. That's some of these science guys. But something in here stores energy. It stores power inside of this thing. You have one of those on the inside of you. Most of us, because we have sort of thought joy and happiness were the same thing, right? Happiness is something you experience in your, in your mind. It's a, it's a chemical process. I don't know if you knew that. It's called serotonin or dopamine or what's the other one? The workout one? Endorphins. That's a mystery one to me, man. <laughs> Happiness is just that. You can chemically create it. Joy is not like that. Joy is a power that exists on the inside of us that we get from God. May the God of hope give you joy and Peace. That word joy in that sentence is a word to exceedingly rejoice. Yes. Exceedingly rejoice. It'd be awesome 
if we had an environment where we were encouraged to rejoice exceedingly, if only today Jessica would have said, why don't we all just praise the Lord exuberantly or rejoice exceedingly? In our culture, we don't do that. I'm British. British don't rejoice. We go, whoop. We might even, if it's super good, we'll go, whoop, whoop. And then we're done. Because we have more work to do, so we can't waste a lot of time in rejoicing and celebrating because we got work to do. Instead of realizing that I have to develop a lifestyle for all us melancholies, a lifestyle of exceedingly rejoicing. But not, you know, certainly we prime the pump ourselves, but realizing that there is a mechanism in the New Testament whereby we can learn how to be pumping joy out of our battery, out of that inner strength that is on the inside of us. Peace is the word eirene in this, in this scripture, and it refers to security, safety, and prosperity. It means all is well. It means thriving. And so the two things then, God giving us joy and peace in the process of believing. When we work on it, developing the skills every single day, I'm going to work on my skills to become a peace-filled, that's the stillness that I talked to you about, right? When the thing happens, whoop, bring it down. Peace, safety, prosperity, abundance, everything is going to be okay. And joy releasing a joyfulness that comes out of our heart. And so discovering now, <clears throat> and remember, oh, this is, shall I go here? Doop, 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 doop. Go to Matthew chapter 6 for just a moment, because I need to kind of maybe clarify something for you. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow, or he said, depending on the Bible you have, take no anxious thought or don't worry about tomorrow. I would have liked it if he would have just stopped there. But Jesus did not stop there. He said, take no thought for tomorrow, for today has enough trouble in it already. Now, those of you who are positive confession people, you realize that Jesus has definitely made the worst possible confession over our lives ever by telling us sufficient for the day is the trouble thereof. But what he's trying to alert us to is that there is a preparation that we need to make as we head into every day. Can I tell you something? We live in a world of resistance. Everything about the way our world operates is by resistance. Gravity is resisting my desire to stand upright. Everything in our world is based on friction. It's based on, on, on resistance. If I lay on the couch for six months, you know, worried about the fact that I can't, that my, that I can't, I have to turn the TV with my remote control. If I stay there long enough, I won't even be able to lift the remote control anymore because I will have not given myself any resistance, and so I will become weak. When astronauts go up for a long period of time into space, they come back, they have to go into a rehabilitation process because they can't stand up anymore, their muscles don't work, because they have had no resistance. Our world is actually based on resistance. And so we have to embrace the fact that sufficient for the day, or to maybe turn that around a little bit, there is going to be trouble making these statements. There's going to be trouble in every day. Can I tell you, when you have $100 billion and you have the fountain of youth in your backyard, there's still going to be trouble. That hair, you know, the one that just will not sit straight in the back of your head will drive you bananas. 
Because there's always something that can be a little better than it already is. That's going to be your trouble. And there's always going to be that. And it, will, and it will be a crisis like this in your life. If you let it. There is no place you can go on this planet where there will not be trouble sufficient for the day. There also, in God, is no place in your life ever that the trouble that is in today will overcome you. There is always, and we don't always access it, but there is always a way out. That's what Jessica was saying. There's always a way. There's always provision. There's always an answer. There's always thriving ability in every day. The problem is when I experience the crisis and I yell and scream and stomp and go to bed, I I missed it. I didn't get it because it wasn't that way. It wasn't on that path. I I could tell you after half a century of trying to find it that way, it ain't down that path. It's definitely it's on another path because it ain't on that one. We go a different way. And so then it, if there is an anticipation when the chimes, cool little, I used to have an angry alarm clock in the morning, bang, 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 you know, I don't have that anymore. So much nicer to wake up to This is a little tip right there for you for free of charge. But when I wake up and I realize that in the midst of my positive confession about everything that's going to go awesome for me today, I also need to prepare for the fact that there is also going to be trouble. Oh, gosh. You think I get emails now? Wait till this out. Wait till I say this. There's trouble that you're going to have to overcome today. I just got to let that settle. Because when we think there is going to be no trouble, then I don't prepare. Not that I'm preparing for trouble. (laughs) I'm preparing to have a good day. But the way I'm going to have a good day is to know how to overcome any trouble that happens to find itself into my day. If I don't prepare, then trouble may come, and I'm going to be ready for it. It's a big difference. If I popped Mike in the face to if I told him, Mike, I'm about to pop you in the face, and then I popped him, right, and then Kung Fu Man will protect himself, right? It's very different the way we respond to a situation if we are prepared already with what it's going to take to get over it. So when I am doing certain things, like the things I mentioned earlier, confessions and reading your Bible, spending time with God, praying in tongues, fellowshipping with people of like passion, getting into church early so that you don't miss worship, all of these type of things, what you're doing is you are learning how to rejoice exceedingly. Woo! First time I do that, the very last thing I feel like doing right now. But you'd be surprised. It's like laughing. Remember, Pastor Tina ever do that laughing thing with you and you say, you're just miserable. She says, laugh. I said, I'm not going to laugh. Laugh. I'm not laughing. There's nothing, honey, to laugh about. Laugh. Ha, 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 it's not long until it's, oh, honey, what was I mad about a minute ago? I can't quite remember what's so funny. You actually, it's contagious. It, it works. It's a skill that we have to develop, and we have to develop it in advance. That's, what, that's the important part, that sometimes when we get too far into this, you know, I have a perfect world, I have a perfect world, I have a perfect world, which you should be saying all the time, but you also have to understand that you're on a journey to that perfect world. Yes, and on the way there to that place, there may be something short of perfection that you're going to experience. Right. Prep yourself for that. And so as we do that, mechanisms to build this strength. It's really bad to call it 
joy in our world because we sort of think it's very soulish. It's very happiness. It's very, you know, it's a gladness kind of, which it is. It's just not, it just comes out of a different place. And you can't put on joy like you can put on happiness. Joy is something that actually comes out of the inside of us. So that when we are setting our day, that's going to be the key. You set your day to a place of joy. And things that you use, one of the things that I use is a daily confession. I can tell you, if you don't have a daily confession, try it for 30 days and just make, my, my, my daily confession goes on for about a half an hour that we go through, I go just read them, boom, 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 read, 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 read. I could be miserable as a wet cat at the beginning of my <laughs> confessions and something happened in that half an hour that I'm just like, wow, this is, I'm feeling, just let's, yeah, let's go. There's something that happened in the middle of doing those confessions. Time with God, just simple time with God. And can I say, there's time with God when you're talking to God, and then there's time with God when you're just with him. I don't have my list of stuff he needs to do for me or do for Alex because he's in so much. No, I don't do that. This is just time where I'm just just with him, just rejoicing. I just have my eyes closed. I'll just listen to like a meditation CD. I think some of you here on Wednesday night got a little meditation CD. If you don't have that, it's online. Just listen to the music. And just, but not just listen to it like I'm, you know, surfing the net while I'm listening to my music. Be with God. And just imagine being in his presence. I have this picture where I'm, you know, I kind of walking along a beach and Jesus meets me on the beach and we walk down the beach together. And it's just, I'm not, I don't have a list of things to talk about. We just talk about whatever comes up to talk about. We're just being friends. We're just hanging out with each other. We're just being in his presence. And what happens with that is joy increases just by being in his presence. Time in the word of God. In the word to get joy. And I'm reading it and it just gives me hope and gives me hope and gives me hope and gives me hope. Find those scriptures particularly in your life. Because sometimes if people start reading their Bible, Genesis is awesome, but Leviticus, yeah, that can be, that can be tough. I don't know if there's any hope in Leviticus. Praying in tongues, right? 30 minutes a day. Go for a walk. You need some exercise anyways. Pray in tongues as you walk. Psalm 8:118 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Anybody know how that finishes? And be glad in it, right? What am I doing? As I'm starting my day, I'm recognizing this is the day. What, come what may, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Philippians 4, Thessalonians 5 tells us to rejoice some of the time. Right? No. What does it say? Rejoice always, 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 always be cultivating a spirit of rejoicing. I think the, you know, the pickled Christians, that's, that's not for our day. Our day is a day where we are not only rejoicing, but we are rejoicing always. There's always something good, right? When you get a flat tire, guess what? It's a good thing because the guys who fix flat tires have children too, right? So you can rejoice in having a flat tire because you're now getting the opportunity to spur on the Canadian economy as you go fix it. Find a way to rejoice in everything that is going on in your life. There is a silver lining in every cloud, every single one of them if you look for it. Shall I close here? Okay, Um, that's a good place. Let me just make sure I get through these first couple pages. So when you are, then for for the visual for today, what you're doing when you are waking up in the morning is you're realizing that you need your battery recharged. Because when you go into the day, you know, this guy who's sitting in my garage, he's not having any real challenges. The challenges come when somebody comes and gets a hold of it and wants to build a deck with it. Now I need, I need to screw 600 screws into, the, into a piece of wood. Now it's gonna have work to do. It's gonna have stuff to overcome. 
that's when I need a full battery. When I can learn how to overcome and stay strong so that my hope curve pretty much mimics my joy curve. So then I've got hope that just goes like that. It doesn't have the crashes. Can I tell you, this is, this is where hope is hard, on the crashes, right? Getting yourself back up off the mat for the 57th time gets tough. And it becomes discouraging. And it starts to build an expectation that more crises are coming. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling thing after a while. Instead, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just stay that, then my faith comes up, starts manifesting, and just keeps on going up and up and up and up and up. I live my life without so many ups and downs. It's more just of a state. Of course, you have stuff going on, but you just don't have it crash all the time. So put your hand over your heart and say, Heavenly Father, help me to prepare at the beginning of every one of my days. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit you're my comforter. You're my, comforter. You're my counselor. You're, my counselor. You're, the one you're the one sent to come alongside me. Sent to come alongside me. To be my supporter. To be my supporter, To be my encourager. To be my, to be my strengthener. To be my strengthener. I know. I know. It's in these times, in these times that you fill me. That you fill me. With the joy that I need. With the joy that I need. To overcome. To overcome every situation. Maintaining my hope. Maintaining my expectancy. Even in the face of difficulty and trouble. I know, I know that's the shortest path, the shortest path from dread to hope. Dread to hope. It's, the shortest path it's the shortest path from fear to faith. Fear to faith. It's the shortest path, shortest path. from truth, truth to facts. facts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Daddy, Lord will you God. stay with me for one second? Mm -hmm. Let's just stand and I just feel just maybe we even take 60 seconds. Just lead everybody in a joy thing, okay, before we close today. Can I'm we... not sure if I'm the captain of joy. Those of you that know me, I'm a little <laughs> bit more uh, thoughtful than joyful. How about that? That was in the past. That was in the past. This is, could I tell you something as I'm studying this? Uh -huh. This is challenging me as your pastor to become a little bit different about the way that I live my life. Because I mean, we're, you know, we live pretty much immersed in our Christianity. But there are ways to do it righter than we've maybe found. And Kenneth Copeland, as you were preaching today, he said that at the beginning of last year, I believe it was, he said that the breakthrough, the Lord showed him at the level that he was at, the breakthrough for him to enter into the supernatural was learning how to pull on his joy on purpose. Huh. And he said that he had gotten so used to ha, 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 or say the thing, that right. Jesus showed him that wasn't enough to break him out of those places yeah. of despair. So the Lord, he did that. and so he started to, after he went to Toronto, dance. He'd be like, come Kenneth, on, Gloria. Kenneth Gloria Goldman. would be like, just pretend you don't see him, right? And he would start to just dance. But Okay, say ha, ha, ha is one level. Yeah. See how happier you are watching me do that? Yes. <laughs> It's different when you have to do it, but I feel like it's not worth it for us to say, okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength because all of us want it to be different for us. Yeah. But it's the foundation of, okay, now that we've heard this message, what does it feel like, no matter how we currently feel, to stand up on our feet and exercise joy on purpose? Can you find that song, the, the Ray Bolt song? Um, no, that's not the song you want to play, trust me. No, no, no. Uh, it's not? No. Okay. You, you remember it, like, in, you know, I with, my, my, when you reminisce about old times, it's really beautiful. In reality, you're but like, what I was you, I thinking? When I was, doing, when I was doing that, you know. You can't play you, that song, I'm just if playing. If you've been in my house, you know that we have this sort of stairways that goes up to the second floor. It makes a little island in the, in the middle. <laughs> And I put that song on. I can see myself doing this in my mind's eye right now. As I've got that song blasting, like blasting. I, you probably didn't know that I liked music loud, but the blasting and I'm going around and Do around Do you actually want to play that song? I, I, is it bad? Is it, I don't remember it being bad. Well, I it's, I don't, old, it's I don't not remember. really like the bringer of the joy. I'm just going to say it that no, way. No, no. Okay. okay. You know, like. 
He used to be a DJ, but he's gotten like a little bit older, I think. So you're going to tell these people to get up and dance, and it's going to be like, no, the is, anchor is it, holds. That's actually say, how the song goes. Is there anybody on my team no. in this room at all? You know? Point number two of next week's teaching, don't build a posse. So there you go. But what I was doing in the midst of what, it, what may turn out to be a fairly melancholy song, <laughs> what I was doing going through that was I'm focusing on the fact that hope is actually the anchor, it, that it's going to hold me. Yes. In the midst of what appears to be natural circumstances that are going wild around is this me, it? I know oh, okay. that the anchor is going to hold. This is good. That's not it. No, I know. He, he, he usurped the authority. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> it's more of the jingle version of it, maybe. <laughs> yes. Trouble is no, seriously, though, seriously. Oh, sorry. Okay, bring it back. I'm bring saying, back. seriously, lead lead everybody in one, even 60 seconds. Make everybody stand up. Okay, and stand lead, up. Yes, 60 seconds. I'll watch the clock. Okay, Alex, but you, you can, wanna you gotta yo, be joyful yeah. with me. You yes. gotta be you gotta allow yourself. Yes, some this strength. is participation. Gratitude to the Lord, okay? So just begin to thank Him. Don't just shout, but use your words to just begin to release praise to the Lord and 